Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink from yesterday and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here. I'm Tracy. I'm Tori. And we are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you of believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness. Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time. Turn up the volume and let's go. Housewives, welcome back. Hey, housewives, we're here. Yes, we're so excited to have our guest who has been with us before. We're going to let Tori just reintroduce her and we're going to dive into a new topic. Okay, so if you haven't heard her previous episode about helping and loving and caring for your anxious child, you're definitely going to want to go check that out. But this is Jody Maddox, who is a parent coach. So you've got your personal life coach, you've got your personal trainer, and now you need a parent coach. (laughs) I want to say like almost parent coach over life coach, but (laughs) like, because the things that we talked about in our previous episode with her, just like all the things and you're going, oh my gosh, yes, like that makes so much sense. Great tips, great reminders and just refreshers because I feel like sometimes we're in that mundane parenting cycle. Yeah. Sometimes we forget some of the Grace and gentleness. Yeah. (laughs) But we're not talking about gentle parenting. No. No. Don't get us started. But with that, welcome, Jody. Thank you. Hi, ladies. Welcome. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Well, we are excited because today we wanted to focus, we mean kind of focused on things on how we can help our children. That was previously. But now it's like, okay. What about the parents? I mean, you are, you're not a kid coach. You're a parent coach. So like, I don't know. I mean, previously in previous generations, they didn't have help. I mean, they made parents. Yeah. (laughs) It was more of a multi-generational parenting. And there was a lot of like suck it up mentality. Right. And so a lot of times feelings didn't matter. But we are learning more and more that feelings, thoughts, emotions, all of those things do matter, especially in the formation of a child. But a parent coach doesn't have all the answers. I probably don't have any answers, to tell you the truth. A parent coach is just about getting to know you and um, helping you with anything that you are trying to grow in a positive way. So maybe you think it's about a sassy teenage girl that you can't manage, but it's really not about that. What you're trying to grow is peace in your family open communication, setting healthy boundaries, those types of things. So it's been very empowering. I've been at it a little over a year and um, I'm loving it. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, I'd love to share my story. I've shared it before. And that's kind of how we came up with this topic and how I think when we had our pre-interview with Jody and we were kind of talking about so many of the areas that she can pour into just with her knowledge and her experience. And if you haven't heard about her experience, that's on the previous episode. But she comes from being in the schools. She comes from being a principal, working with parents and kids, special needs and so forth. And so the one topic that this came to is like, where's the help for the parents? Really, that was my question. When we were really going through this hard time with my daughter with anxiety through school, it was awful getting her to school, like getting her out of the car into the school. And 
then while she was there, do you have no idea? Most people don't. What went through my heart and my husband's heart and how many times a day we would talk and be like, what do you think she's thinking? What do you think she's feeling? Like just the anxiousness that set in in our hearts because we didn't know what we were dealing with. And it went on for a very long time. Just to kind of set the scene, my daughter's anxiety had been going on for three years and she did great. I homeschooled her for kindergarten. She went to school for first grade and did really well. Second grade was not going super great from the get go. And she stopped eating at school and she would like when she would go to bed, she would be so upset because school was the next day. So we'd have horrible nighttime. She'd get up in the morning and she wouldn't eat breakfast because she was afraid she'd get sick at school and just constant cycle that just went on for home life. Right. And all we wanted to do was to get her to go to school just so that the anxiety wouldn't win was kind of like our battle. Like, no, we can do this. You can do this. You did it for a whole you can year. Do tough things. Yes, yes, you can do hard things. And you know, both our therapist, her therapist, everybody was like, keep pushing forward. Don't let it win. Because if you let her stay home from school, you're never going to get her back there. You know, all those kinds of things. So after about a week when this wasn't going well, we sat down with the administration and the social worker and the counselor at the school, just everybody. And we had a meeting and we came up with a really great plan, which was awesome and super helpful and like, you know, slowly transitioning her. It took about it was about 16 days that she didn't eat, which was so scary for her just general health and mm. well-being. But we made it through and, you know, we got to a very good place, clearly. Otherwise, you know, we'd have a different story here. But in that season, I sat there and both my husband and I, just tears streaming down our face, were like, where is the help for us? Like, where are the other parents? Where's your support group? Like, we don't know what we're dealing with. And yes, we're getting her here for you guys to then do all these things. But do you know when she gets back in our car and we go home, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> right. Like right. we're just trying to get keep her happy, you know, and that was that season where she stopped coloring, singing, mm. just all the things. And we knew something was wrong, like to the point of like, are we feeding this? Are we creating this by sending right. her back to school? You know, like we just had so many mixed messages, mixed information. And that's really where you had said something in our pre-interview. And I was like, that's the answer to the question I need. <laughs> yeah. Where is the help for the parents? Right. So, yeah. Well, about five years ago, you hit a little bit. So my background as a teacher, I was a special ed teacher for many years. And then I ended up in administration. And so I've been a principal at the elementary level and the high school level. So K-12. So I've seen a lot of things mm -hmm. and worked with a lot of great people, parents, teachers, and kids. And my background in SPED always wanted me to like dive a little deeper. So if we had a kiddo in my school diagnosed with something, I always wanted to read the diagnostic that came back from Children's Mercy or UMKC or whatever it might be. And about five years ago, it was pre-COVID, I started seeing under recommendations, parent coaching, didn't know what it was, those types of things. When I hired a life coach about a year and a half ago to discern what do I want to do with the second half of my life, we kind of settled on parent coach because I've always, always, always enjoyed working with the adults, mm -hmm. especially the parents providing hope and guidance. But I didn't really know what a parent coach was. And so maybe six months of just calling around the United States, very prevalent, of course, on the East and West Coast. Yeah. It's actually a benefit for a lot of people as far as like their insurance and whatnot oh, in wow. different areas. So I aspire to be in that world at some point. But in my wow, you actually want to be insurance, like no. work with insurance. That's, that's, no, no, no. no, I'd love to be a benefit. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. I like to. You can have a massage. You could get a coach. Right. You can do those right. kinds of things. Yes. But anywho, um, as I started to have great conversations with parent coaches around the country, I was like, yeah, this makes such sense because so many times a parent would 
get a diagnosis for their child, autism, dyslexia, anxiety, whatever it is. And it was like, good luck. Yeah. And then they turn to the school. And yes, we want to be able to help, but we don't have all the answers when right. it comes to those types of things. One, because we have four or 500 kiddos in our care anyway, but also to give referrals and to dive in and all those things, we just don't have the manpower and in, in the time. Mm-hmm. We have the desire. The desire is definitely there. Schools are wanting the support for their parents, but we just don't have the time. Right. Yep. So I have enjoyed the process. It's really a four-step process. I work with parents and we do a discovery of who they are and their journey and their kids. I help them dream. We design really what they desire, the results they're looking for, whether it's specifically tied to maybe children with anxiety or a blended family or whatever it might be. And then we have the destiny of living it out. It sounds very vague. It sounds so fluffy in so many ways, but it is so empowering. It's so empowering. It's never really about the issue. The parent comes to me, they'll say, oh, I have a blank and I want to solve it. As we go through the process, there are so many other things that come to the surface. Yeah. Well, and I think one thing we talked about before, and this was going to touch on that and didn't originally, but for those of us that our child doesn't have a diagnosis or Mm. doesn't have IUP or have the additional support already set up prior to going into school or in those first few days, first few weeks, whatever. Those are the parents that I feel like I, you know, because I'm an open book and I started just asking questions and I started putting like feelers out there like, hey, is anybody going through this? Like, where is just this community of support? And there is a lot of us out there that feel that that interim, that middle, you know, we don't have it. And again, I'm sure that the people who do have the IEPs and the things like that still feel like as a parent, they need that support because they have that communication with the teacher, but for the kid. Well, and it's all focused. It's kid focused. Mm -hmm. And it should be right. Right. Like, but all you're getting, I'm sure is here, help your kid do this, help your kid, you know, like, but on the back end, you're emotionally exhausted. You don't have, where's the people that are going, it's okay. It's going to get better. Like you've Mm -hmm. been, like they've been through the other side. I mean, Like, let's talk about marriage mentoring. I mean, I want to get mentored by the people that have, you know, they had the divorce papers mailed out and then turned it around. And but if they're like, well, it's all just wonderful and lovely. And I don't know. You have nothing for me. Yeah. You know. Well, and there's a big difference between counseling and coaching. And the nice thing about the coaching piece for the parents is counseling is about maybe diving into some trauma or letting go, maybe getting a diagnosis, maybe getting medication, those types of things. That's not what I'm working on. What I'm working on with parents is the future. Coaching is about moving forward. And if you are a parent and you're feeling stuck, that's what you want to do. You want to move forward. Like, I'm trying to move away from the big emotions. I'm trying to move away from walking on eggshells. I'm trying to uh, move away from my kiddo not having a friend on Friday nights, like what is it that is dragging you down? Let's name it, but let's move forward. And coaching is about hope. It's about intentional planning of your future and your preferred life. And uh, it sounds very big, but really it's so smart, right? Like in our own jobs, we do that. Mm -hmm. We sit down and we go, okay, what is it that isn't working? And what do I do well? Yeah, strengths. 
what do I do well? And um, how can I use those to grow the areas that are kind of holding me back? I think with Mel Robbins, that has this cute little thing. Um, I love to use it with my clients. You make three columns on your paper and you write down, what do I need to stop doing? What do I want to keep doing? And what am I needing to do differently? Mm -hmm. Really great. I just envision like, not that I've ever been to one, but an AA meeting, not that it would be wrong to go to an AA meeting, (laughs) but it's like you go and you go, hi, my name is Tori. I have two children and they're girls. And you just go to get that support, like, and then they're like, hi, Tori. You know, thank you. You know, I have two girls, girls too. too. Yeah. <laughs> but it's going through and it's going, you know, and you're like, I'm eight years and 10 years into this journey. I, you know, yay for my chip. I'm I like- hoping that, that it gets to that point. But what I have found out is like, there's a lot of shame out there. Yeah. If you feel as if you're not, you know, succeeding as a parent, you don't necessarily want to put it out on Facebook. You don't oh, necessarily yeah. want to go to the class, those types of things. And so I... We're trying to move those barriers, right? But mm-hmm. I do believe, like, I have a lot of people that say, I love your content on Facebook. I love your classes, all those things. But I don't get likes. Why? Because if you like me, then it's also, oh, she's following a parent coach. I wonder why she follows a parent yeah. coach. And then it's like, ju- no, they're like yeah. feeling judged. Yeah, I have too. It's probably my mom and my sister, right? That actually <laughs> like what I do. But I have lots of followers, but I'm not getting likes. And I think that has to do with, like, I don't want other people to yeah. know what I'm struggling with but isn't it funny like it is funny it's awful yes it's funny (laughs) awfully it's awfully funny no we kid has to take a test to drive a motor vehicle right Mm -hmm. like there is no test given to a parent Mm -hmm. whatsoever like okay your test is you're developing this child what will it become yeah (laughs) yeah but i mean like these are bad things don't do this while you're driving this will cause a car crash don't do these things while you're driving pay attention you know like but you we're gonna actually test this out you're going to try to drive with somebody in there with you who can tell you no stop yeah like why would we think any differently on anything else that we do? Like, you suck. I'm sorry, but 16-year-olds, you suck at driving. Okay? You suck at driving. And if you driving. live in Kansas, it might be you 15-year-olds. Yes. <laughs> you know, and there's some of you that still suck at driving and you're in your mid-20s. And I don't like you either. But I'm saying, like, it's the practicing thing, right? Right. Like, and every stage, somebody goes, like, I'd like to tell you again, it's gets easier. And I'm like, no, don't say that because then you're saying that it gets harder. And it's not that it gets harder. It's just different. Yeah. Right. And that's where I'm like, no, of course it's different. I'm now dealing instead of a toddler who can't communicate with any words at all. I have a teenager who can't communicate with any real words at all, but it's different. Yeah. So letting go of that shame, like mm-hmm. letting, why wouldn't you well, and I think, you know, I think we're we not that we won't go on a tangent on this, but I do think that social media plays such a role in that. And, you know, you you are putting your kids on display and you're, you know, that's the highlight reel. And it's like, this is what's going on in my life. And I've been really open with my daughter's anxiety once it became something that I understood. Right. You know, when I didn't understand it, we didn't know what was going on. It was very hard. And it, there, the shame was absolutely there. And it was what did I do wrong? You know, how did we break her? You know, because it literally got to a point where I was like, something is broken. Like it just because it happened what felt like overnight for us, like a really strong trigger. And so it became something that we had to work through, you know, and obviously we're still working through it. But from a parent coach standpoint, I think that 
what you bring to the table is that grace that the family needs to say like, hey, like there's still so much hope. There's still so much. So many good things. Good and things, what yes. I have experienced with the parent coaching is it's captured time once a week where myself and maybe it's the mom or maybe it's the mom and the dad. A lot of times it's the couples. We are actually talking about the situation, not reacting to the situation, which mm-hmm. is typically what we do as parents, right? We're in the middle of it. We're trying to solve it. This is talking. This is about solving. This is about thinking and reflecting, Mm -hmm. right? It's not about blame or shame, any of those things. And I use strength-based parenting strategies to help draw from what is going well, what is happening, what are you good at as a parent, or what does your child excel at? Because those are the things that you really have to identify, or you're going to lose it, right? You're not going to be able to grow those things. So there are two systems that we always talk about. There's a mechanistic system, and then there's a living system, a mechanistic system, school, hospital, court, whatever. They have outcomes. They have standards. They have boxes that we all have to check. And we know that we're moving forward. And this is growth. Our families are not mechanistic systems. They're living systems. They're ecosystems. What grows in the desert is nourished by its environment. It's not the same as what grows in the ocean or what mm-hmm. grows in a rainforest. Your family is a living system. There aren't standards, outcomes, boxes, things to check. What is going on in your family is going to be fed and grow by the energy you give it. So if mm-hmm. you're feeding the negativity, guess what you're getting? Yeah. yeah. But if you take some time to identify what's healthy, what can be nurtured, it's going to grow. And so think about those times in your families when it's kind of messy and you're kind of bumpy, kind of loud, kind of sassy, if that's all you're feeding, that's all you're going to get. Because your living system feeds off of your energy. That's interesting because my husband and I were talking this week, just kind of we're going through some things, you know, with our kids. And we were talking about how incredible vacation is. Because vacation, like we all, like we check out of everything else and we're all together and the energy is 100%. You're feeding your system. We're feeding your system. So that makes so much sense because vacations are right now at the ages that our kids are, they're amazing. I remember when they were younger and you were still trying to fit in naps and you were being tired and all that kind of stuff, you know. But now vacations are like that just incredible family time. And then when you come home and you try to get back into the system and you try to get back into rhythm and their activities and things, stuff gets rocky again. Right. Well, and what works for your system isn't necessarily what might work for my system. And that's okay. And then you might ask yourself, well, why doesn't a school do strength-based teaching? Well, we want our schools to have outcomes and procedures. We want to make sure our kids are reading and progressing. They have to have standards. That's how they function. But when we try and treat our families the same way, we get a lot of disappointment. We get a lot of shame. We get a lot of frustrations. Why aren't you the same as everyone else down the street? Mm -hmm. Those types of things. But when you take intentional time once a week to really focus on what's going on, reflect on what went well, what do we need to you know pay attention to? The results are life-changing. Life-changing. Yeah. Hey, housewives, we are so excited. Oh my goodness, this is a dream come true. Y'all have heard us talk about our sauna sessions from the beginning, and we 
have Sun Lighten as a sponsor of Unlikely Housewives. Why wouldn't we have a sauna session that brings all of the good juices flowing right out of our bodies when we're detoxing? Eggs. Bring it right to the Unlikely Housewives. Exactly. But first of all, some of those benefits. The intention of getting in the sauna for us was not to create a podcast. No. no. no I have another we just job. wanted to sweat. We detox. Wa- detox. We wanted to boost our immunity. We wanted the reducing of inflammation and some the weight puff. loss. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's anti-aging. I mean, there's so many benefits to infrared sauna sessions. And so that was our initial purpose. Yeah. And just to vent, it was that season of life that we just needed to sit and talk and talk about what was going on. And that's where it all happened was in the sauna. Did you realize that there are studies that show heat therapy produces endorphins, those feel good emotions? So we were boosting our mood and ideas. So far, we boosted so far that a podcast idea came just flowing out. You guys... This is an incredible opportunity for you. You can have up to $600 off using our link, which is get.sunlighten.com backslash unlikely. That's get.sunlighten.com backslash unlikely. We'll put that link in the show notes for you too. But $600 off a Sunlighten purchase The one that I have got is the Impulse 3-in-1 Believe, and it's amazing, y'all. It has been the best health investment for our family. I'll say my friends because I invite them over. That's how I use the saunas in your... I know. I come over and sweat. But it's so good and such a benefit. And And you said family investment. The kids can get in it, too. Exactly. The second I hear that there is a stomach bug going around class, Get in the sunlight and girls like you're going to do this in 20 minutes. Let's make sure your immune system is up to par to not bring that home for anybody. It is a family investment and you will not regret it. Again, that link for us is get.sunlighten.com backslash unlikely. All the link will be in the show notes. So when we're talking about where is the help for the parents, obviously you are a big answer to that question, but you've also been in the schools. So for someone, schools here, you know, it's fall time and, you know, we have a lot of different mixed feelings and family dynamics and things. Obviously, you have resources. Where do you suggest the parents go to? Oh, goodness. That's a big question. So as far as where to start, mm-hmm. is that what we're saying? Yes. That's so good. I like to start with um, executive functioning skills, which is there are eight skills that we're not born with. They aren't God-given. <laughs> They're God-created and Darn developed, it. right? <laughs> Darn it. Darn it, yeah. But they are things that we as the adults actually have to teach our kiddos. And I can try and remember them off the top of my head. But there are things like impulse control, working memory, planning and prioritizing, thinking flexibly, those types of things. Okay, so those are things, there are eight of them, that we teach our kids as adults. They look at us, Mm -hmm. they model what we do, and if we're not teaching how to plan and prioritize, if we're not teaching how to think flexibly, if we're not controlling our emotions, guess what they're learning? Right. Those same things. So I always like really push, even if I'm just talking to teachers or parents, executive functioning skills. Look up those eight skills. Yeah, that's good. There are bazillions of things. You can buy books, there are podcasts, there's whatever. You can follow me on Facebook. I'm constantly talking about them. Executive functioning skills are huge. 
If you want to kick that to the curb and say, Jody, I ain't got time for eight things, because mm. I understand that too. You're living out of the minivan, you're throwing granola bars in the back seat. I just would go with consistency and predictability. So kids learn how to be independent and confident when they know what to expect and they can make decisions on their own, right? Mm. So if you are predictable, if they know how you're going to handle something, how you're going to react, what your expectation is, they can depend on that and they can say, yes, this is going to work. No, this isn't going to work. Mom would want this. Mom doesn't want that. So predictability is huge. Routine is huge, especially for kids with anxiety, ADHD, Mm -hmm. those neurodivergent thinkers. They have to know what is coming at them. They are so scared of what they don't know. They get stuck. They get stuck. And I would see that at the high school level all the time. It was not just turn it in. Why aren't you just turning in the work? It's so easy. Hit send. Why aren't you turning it in? Well, in my mind, I am stuck on what I didn't do, what all my friends did do and I should have done. I'm stuck on not doing as much as everybody else did. I'm stuck on now I'm so far behind. There's no way I can get forward. My thoughts are holding me back. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to believe thoughts can do that, but they can. Yeah. So predictability and routine are huge for independence and also developing coping skills. That was really, really good, though. Right there. Yeah. I mean, I think I think I had that conversation with my kids last year. Just turn it in. Because that well, one. I have a whole lot of feelings well. about this because we use Canva. Canva, excuse me, which is like and my the kids portal for turning things yep, in. for yep. turning things in. It's all online and middle school and high school. Every teacher in every school has different rules and some kids can turn in things late and it can once they turn it in. You get a certain grade, you could redo it. Like every teacher, it's just so different. So the consistency and predictability isn't there. It's not there. And we should do a whole podcast on, gosh, when I was a kid. Oh my gosh, right? right? And so for us to think that life has not changed and it's been a long time, let's say 35 years (laughs) since I've been in school, that would be ridiculous, right? But ladies, things exist now that never existed, right? When we were in school. And so if we're coming at parenting the way we were parented, yeah, there's going to be a lot of ugliness because there would be a black hole there. There yeah. are so many things that our parents never had to deal with. Yeah. And so, yeah. I'm struggling with that with my husband. He's so old school. He's stuck in his ways and I a canvas know. has been awful. Right. Like it just, And then we end up having these power struggles with our kids yes. because it's their reality, not ours. Right. That's like, so true. And we start telling them, oh, where are the textbooks? Why can't you have paper? Yes. <laughs> like they had any control. Like they picked any of that. Well, <laughs> so and true. there are parents, and I know that Andrew and I are a set of them that are like, okay, we see where a lot of these children are going, where they are 25 and living in their parents' basement and, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and have no desire. Like, well, I'll just collect welfare because I can't, you know, I'm too qualified for this, you know, the drive through or whatever. And so we go so far back where we're trying to be like, okay, well, what did our parents teach? You know, like, we're not going to be the helicopter parent, but we're going to be the old school parent where we're trying to do the things. And that's, I mean, in some instances it works. But again, like you said, there's so much now that these kids have. It makes no sense to them. It makes no, yeah. (laughs) And they're sitting there while we're having the conversation. But if you want to go old school. And not call it old school. Go executive functioning skills. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? That's it. That's it. That's it. Because that's what you're talking about. You want them to control their own behavior. You want them to own their own thinking. You want them to be good planners. You want them to be flexible thinkers. So the kiddos with anxiety, they have a hard time thinking in a flexible way. They have to have it a certain way. And I know I just talked about predictability and routine. It does help. 
with confidence and independence. But that flexible thinking is what pushes you forward. And that's what you were referring to when you're a little girl. You're trying to get her out of the car. Mm -hmm. You're trying to grow her mindset. Like you're trying to teach her like you can do tough things. And so that's a high level skill. The other one is self-monitoring. So right around third grade, kids start like up until third grade, you just played with anybody sitting next to you, right? But in about third grade, you're like, huh, I kind of do like her a little bit better. Uh, he is faster. Hey, how come I can't read as fast as that one? Like you kind of understand there are some differences. And so self-monitoring can be a detriment, right? But it can also be very healthy. Setting goals, accomplishing things, learning how to grow confidence, those types of things. So if you don't want to call it old school, you can call it executive functioning <laughs> skills. And ladies, it's old school. Yeah. Well, I love that. I went through and created a um, a planner for my fourth grader. Nice. And I weekly planner. And I just wanted her to have something that she could write down the assignments, right? Like this is, I mean, we go to a school that gives homework, lots of homework, which is great. But like all teachers do it differently. They all have their own system mm -hmm. and every grade it's a learning curve, right? right. And, and while I love the fact that my girls have had the same teacher, so I already have a relationship with my youngest teacher because Em's had her last year. Mm -hmm. So those are great. Like I know what to expect, but like I want them to kind of have that like, you're going to have to learn how to write down your assignment and re remember things like outside of learn how to study, learn how to like those are manage. Yes, yes, manage, yeah. manage. Right. Or just the fact like on this planner, write down your basketball practice. So, yeah. you know, you can look at your calendar and you're not asking me and saying, mom, when's, you know, when do we not have school again? Or when's the next holiday? They can look in their plan, you know, like yeah. just giving them that. We have piece. the cozy app and everybody's color coordinated. Oh, and, and I've had this for years. I mean, that was when, you know, my husband works and he has to put in his work stuff in my calendar because I'm like, if you're not home for the night, I need to know this was like, we've done this for eight years, I think, maybe even longer. And so now the kids know they can go look at the calendar and they can see where they're at you know, what they have for the day. What a sense of control. Well, like that I really, had to because yes, the, I love that. You do know the question was like, what are we doing today? What are we doing today? You know, and to my youngest, there's nothing on the calendar for her, but there's like six things for everybody else. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now we have to have that conversation. She's like, there's nothing on the calendar for me today. You know, those kinds of things. But it does help because everybody uses apps like sports, uses Team Snap or Game Changer or whatever it is. And it's like, what color am I what, for the uniform? I'm like, you've got the app. Go check it out. Find out what color I uniform you this. are. Get it laid out. Get ready for tonight. You know, those are the things that took me a while to just be like, wait, you don't have to come to me for the app. Like, let's get the app on your device so that right. you can check it, you know. But again, not pen and paper. But well, and it helps them understand like they can answer questions yes. too. They don't have to ask you. They don't Except have to for ask. Where's the, the remote? Yeah. yeah. Mom always <laughs> finds it. I always find yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's all good. But the only question I never want to answer is what's for dinner? Like that one threw me for a loop for, for my kids would head. ask. And I would say things like I haven't gotten that far yet. And after, you know, 10 years of whatever, my daughter would say, I know you haven't gotten this far yet, but what's for dinner? Yeah. I don't. My favorite <laughs> is the meme that says, like, if you wait long enough, everyone will end up eating cereal. Follow me for more meal <laughs> yes, planning tips. Yes. And I'm like, yes, that's that's that, it. That's the ticket. Summer really just throws all that into havoc, though, because I've got this wonderful planner that I do write stuff down and I do put all that stuff on there. And 
I mean, I have it in, you know, months. And so I'm ready for that part of the routine to come right, back. Right, right. You know, and yeah. We'll so get you consistent. have that sense of control. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. It's so funny. I'm the mom that loves summer because I'm like, just nothing. We do, all my kids do one thing in the summer and that's it. I and it's only, it's only 40 minutes every morning from nine to nine forty, And that is it. Okay. And we're so opposite. We're on this. so opposite. But I love it because I'm like, we get flexible. Love, oh, we yes. just don't have a schedule because when school starts, and having kids in three different schools that pick up, drop off, pick yep. up, drop off and all the things in between and the prepping for the meals and the activities and everything. I'm like, that just I like that season, too. But it's so nice to have that break. See, This is your ecosystem. Yes. And this is what you have to feed your system in order for you to be ready for the next leg of the journey. Yeah. And yeah, it's a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah. See, yeah. And, and I will say on the flip side, there are moms that drink on the first day of school <laughs> yeah. and then there are moms that drink on the last day of school. I drink on the last day of school because I have to prepare myself for summer. Like we literally did an episode, like what was it? Sunshine and stress. Well, you're only yes. drinking one day out of the summer. That, that's no, crazy. No, <laughs> nope. There, there have been a couple days, more more than a Darn. couple. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, where Andrew comes home and goes, is that a beer? Yes. Yes, yes it is. Um, no judgment. But, yeah, but sun, sunshine and stress was exactly on that. How like sunshine, summer, everything is just so she grand and loves exciting it. for and me. I start freaking out mm. in March. I'm like spring break. Oh my gosh, it's going to downhill from here. Like we are gonna. And so I'm as just your like, coach, I would say, what kind of self care do you have? Ooh. Like healthy self care during this time when summer is not your jam. What do you do for yourself? That's healthy. I don't. She do. puts the kids in camp. I put, that's yeah. <laughs> but that's, I think that's healthy. Yes. Like that's good for them. She knows what for you. Yes. Yeah. And the the month of July has been camps. And let's not, Mama, don't play. Like I'm not doing these nine to noon things. These are nine to five, <laughs> nine to four camps. Like I think that's great. Monday that's through your Friday. Ecosystem. Yes. yes, it's good. Yes, it is. and your kids seem to like it. They yes. yes. We rate the camps, and they tell me like, no, let's not do this one. Let's do this one again and things like that. So I think this is a perfect conversation of where this generation is. I love that there is not one thing that is the answer, Mm -hmm. right? You have to know your people. You got to know your players. You have to know your heart, know your soul and have the confidence to do what you need in order to have peace in your home, have joy in your home, those kinds of things. I love that. I love that. This summer has been different than any before because now with the print shop, like I'm doing more outside of the home mm-hmm. than I've ever done before. And so setting up appointments and times for that. And and there's it's just a different we're going to figure it out. Like we're all going to survive. Like, you know, and if not, the Lord Jesus will come take us all home and then we'll <laughs> call it a day. But, you know, like it's very interesting. But I love to remind mamas like. You don't always have to look forward to summer mm-hmm. and because too many of they're like, I know I'm supposed to. I only you only have 18 summers with your children. <laughs> like, OK, I plan on my children liking me after they're 18 to come home. So my kids are I'm 24 just, and 25 and life is good. Yeah, it's, it's good. Like there's right. And they do want to come back and you want to go where they are. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And they want you to come. Exactly. Yeah. If you do it right, like they'll want to hang it's out gonna with be you. OK, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So like. Quit telling me 18 years. <laughs> Who is this person? I know. It's butterfly kisses, you know, all this, the daddy daughter song, you know, okay. the parenting songs like, you know, oh, you're going to yes. miss this, yeah. that kind of thing. And I'm like, ah, not all of it. Not all of it. So. Well, Jody, we have absolutely loved having Thank you here. Thank you for having and me again. I think what we just hope out of this episode is that you parents, you mamas, you hear 
that there are resources. There is help for you. And we're not alone. Yeah. In all of this parenting chaos some days. Yes. Oh, there's good support out there. And don't be afraid to ask for it or look for it. Uh, Yeah. You're not in it alone. Yeah. And I love that you've stepped into this, you know, area and God's called you here and you're going to do amazing things. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Tell our listeners again where they can find you, your website. I have a website, jodymaddoxicoach.com, J-O-D-I-E maddoxicoach.com. And you can sign up for my newsletter there. That's free. Um, I also teach some parenting workshops, intentional parenting classes through Doors of Hope counseling. And um, I do go to PTOs and do some events there, do some professional development. But the one-on-one coaching is really the empowerment. So if you uh, need something free or if you're looking for something a little more intense, I'm here to help. That's awesome. awesome. Yep. Well, we can't thank you enough for your time and um, your knowledge and sharing your experience today. We're just so thankful for this connection. And until the next time, housewives, have a good week. Bye. Whether we made you laugh or cry today, we pray you feel appreciated, bolder and braver than yesterday, stronger and more faithful for tomorrow and living in who you were made to be today. Join our online community on Facebook, link in the show notes, and be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, free, and to be intentional in your slippers or stilettos.